Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. So we take a look at a variety of different things that are happening within the markets. No surprise weather. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. We definitely turned into a weather-dominated market, but don't talk weather maps with anybody because there's a lot of frustration out there of who's getting rain and who is not. We know China's been back in the market actually earlier this week making one of their biggest uh, purchases that they've made. So that is uh, pretty good to see moving forward. On the livestock side, cattle, we've got some nice moves going out. Hogs, maybe we're starting to see a bit of a breakout, but what do you do now? Did you make a move since the last rally or should you be making that move right now? We're going to talk about this over this time with Darren Fessler. Darren is with Lakefront Futures. And Darren, let's start out with these weather maps because I see the pictures on social media just as much as you do and, and the tweets and the comments about lack of rain for some folks. Yeah, I, I think we got to take some of the rain maps and some of some of the stuff that uh, I've been posting, others have been posting, some with a grain of salt because uh, some of it is how, how the precip is calculated, how it's measured. Uh, not everybody is getting the the rain and precip as some of the models and maps are showing, uh, but it's just a, it's just to take the general theme of it um, and and where it's rain and where where the crops are growing the most and, and really where it matters. Uh, and I think in the market's eyes, where if you look at the last forty eight to seventy two hours, uh, a good chunk of Iowa, Illinois. Uh, did get some good rains. Uh, there are still some areas of, of west central Iowa that they, they could definitely use a little bit more precip than that they're, that they're getting right now. Uh, but yeah, the areas of concern, uh, yeah, southwest Nebraska, southwest Kansas, these are areas that have, one, have been dry, have been very hot, more, a lot hotter than, uh, what the majority of the Corn Belt has, and some of that area has been battered by some hail and some wind. Um, but I think the market in itself is looking at, you know, the, the latest July WASDE numbers. Uh, USDA did not move anything on the needle. They typically don't in July. And, it's, it, okay, if we, these rains do materialize, what does the USDA going into the August uh, WASDE, what do they do with the acreage uh, or with the yield numbers? What do they do with the exports? We've seen some really decent sales out of China, the biggest ones we've ever seen from China on the corn side. They continue to step in, buy some beans, but now we're getting to that back half of July, and it's just a time frame of the year seasonally where it is difficult to gather those bullish stories, and it's really left with what producers do right now. So do you have some nervousness because of the temperatures that they're talking about that have already started in, in the southern part of the country, and then are going to move as far as North Dakota into the weekend? You know, I've been in this camp where I, I, I'm not, that concerned with the temperatures um it, it you know it is july and the old cliche gets hot in july okay i i get that but we're not seeing the extended heat for 10 15 days as some of these guys in the southwest uh, part of the corn belt have already been seeing uh you know in iowa you know go to indiana even parts of nebraska where it's going to get warm this weekend um but it's not going to last long and not from the models that I'm seeing. And as long as the European models, the GFS models from the U.S., continue to show rain, if they continue to materialize 
uh, I still think this crop is okay. I mean, we had a record low this morning in Mason City, Iowa, at 44 degrees, or tied a record low, I should say. So uh, there's an argument out there, well, these overnight temps are a little too high. I guess I just haven't seen it yet. I, it, it, it hasn't come to fruition in, in over the extended period of time to really get me all that concerned uh, about how this crop may or may not turn out. Are we at or above trend line yields? I, I, I don't know that answer, but I would say this, it, is if it continues to rain, I still think we had a decent pollination, or, you know, still pollinating all right. Uh, I think it's much more about how does August turn out. If we continue to get those rains and we have decent grain fill, well, I still think there's a poss- possibility because of the reduced acreage in the USDA uh, June 30th report, we may see an increase in yield. Uh, I think it's a 50-50 shot now. And as we've uh, continued to talk through this program, as guys need to keep an eye on not only what's happening in their backyard, but around the upper Midwest through both the eastern and the western Corn Belt, because that's definitely going to be the setting of the price stage. Yeah, I, I, if you take a look at where you know the where the rain has happened, I mean, I, I think really the, uh, the the state that is going to be really really impressive this year, it's going to be Minnesota. Uh, those producers up there have had a garden from start to finish so far, uh, and it's from the lower third, the, the central parts, even to the northern parts of Minnesota, where it has been a little bit drier than average for those folks up there, but there has been some really, really good growing conditions. They've been getting timely rains. I think Minnesota, at this point, is looking at a record, and I think the same thing about areas of southeast South Dakota. I think a lot of, a lot of producers in those areas are going to be pretty pleased with when come fall if if these conditions remain. A lot of big ifs to, to, to look at. China, you talk about them making the biggest purchase to this point. Is that, do you think, just a checkbox, boom, we've done it, we've met our agreement, now let's move forward? I, I think it's a little bit of that. I also think that, it, you know, you've watched some of the reports come out of China about the moldy corn. Uh, I think it's more like, less, you know, watch what China does, not what they say. I still think that I think there's a need for corn in China. We'll, we'll have to obviously see if these things continue to materialize. It's going to be good. We're going to need these types of sales to really negate some of the the loss and demand from the ethanol side. But boy, these are really really encouraging things. I think from the Chinese. Interesting point to look at. I love that. Watch what China does, not what China says. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to look at what's happening in the market trade. Do a little switch over to the livestock side as we did see some nice moves happening in that cattle market. We'll talk about some marketing opportunities, things that you need to be thinking about as well. Good things to think about when you're out checking those uh, irrigation pivots. More is coming up. It's the Final Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Doing a little switching of gears as we're going to take a look at the happenings on the, on the livestock side. Really a market that saw some higher numbers on the cattle trade today and some decent numbers. So that kind of brings up the question. Cattle have had a good run. Is this going to continue as Darren Fessler continues to join us with Lakefront Futures? Yes, I think that if you take a look and just say front month feeders, I've been posting some thoughts now on social media that you know, if you got back above uh, the 38% retracement, basically from the January high uh, to the low here, uh, the recent low here back in June, I thought maybe this thing would either find resistance or really start hitting the gas pedal, as I called it, and really start to see a breakout. And the, 
from a technical standpoint, uh, it's really done that today. I mean, we, we've seen the breakout. We didn't really see the resistance after yesterday's strong finish. We had an even stronger finish today. Uh, so I think if you take a look at the, the, the speeder board, if we can if we can start to stabilize, you know, the index a little bit, the index catches up here, I, I think the, this market uh, can and will probably move higher in time. I wouldn't be surprised here, given the recent run here, to see a little bit of a pullback. We're getting a little bit overextended on, on the RSIs here. So you take a look at where we've come from, where we've been, and where we've gone to. We've basically reached the 50% retracement. Uh, and so te te technically and traders in the market fundamentals, uh, you know, we would say this thing could probably get some legs underneath of it. But right now, from a purely a, a market standpoint, I wouldn't be surprised here to see a little bit of a breather. Uh, if we switch gears, you, you take a start taking a look at the October uh, fat cattle. I, I still think that these things can make a run. They've had a really nice breakout. I've been calling for these breakouts in cattle. Be cautious, but I still think the fundamental side is there to the upside on this cattle, especially if you start getting the mindset, okay, we might get a vaccine by fall. I think that all plays a psychological role in the consumer and, and, and the restaurant business. If we can start getting the consumer more confident and comfortable to go back out and spend dollars at those restaurants, because that's a huge, huge aspect to, to this, uh, this meat market, I think we can really start to see some really nice strides made in some of this cattle. But again, we've had a really decent run here in a lot of this stuff. So don't be surprised if we do start seeing some pullbacks here shortly. What are you hearing when it comes to consumer confidence? Uh, you know, I still think that in a bulk of the country, uh, and especially where where there's, quote, hot spots, uh, I think that is the biggest concern as we go forward, the Texas, the California, the Florida. I know we can probably talk about, okay, some of the cases are maybe not as high as were previously reported, but it's still the mindset that if you continue to beat this down in the, in the media daily, I think it's going to take that impact, and as long as we can – you know, slowly work our way through this system and, you know, try to refocus some of our, uh, you know, our spending habits, I still think guys and, and gals are willing to go out there, buy it up, grill it, it's still really nice outside. I, so I don't think maybe the, the restaurant side is absolutely going to get crushed here like it did earlier this year. I, I don't think that at all, but I still think we've got to get to the uh, a much higher, you know, confidence level. And as so long as the equity market, the stock market, remain somewhat elevated, I still think that there's that going to be that confidence out there from the consumer to really go out and buy this meat product. Are we going to see that confidence on the cash side coming back to the producer? I, I, I certainly think so. I, as long as these board prices remain elevated, I do think these indexes will catch up here, and I do think these cash prices are going to remain somewhat elevated, and especially feeders versus fats. I think that these uh, these cash prices that guys are getting right now, I, I don't see them going anywhere uh, in, in a big way besides higher. All right, these hogs, are we starting to see a breakout going on for them? You, you know, we've talked about these hogs, too. You know, the fundamentals obviously remain very, very weak here. Uh, I, I do like what I'm seeing in these hogs. We did start taking out the, some trend lines from those earlier uh, June highs here. So I think if you continue to get some nice closes, maybe above 53. If we can take out 54, we're definitely going to retest those June highs here. Granted, if you look at the year-over-year, -year, uh, you know, hog numbers in China, ne necessarily wasn't the most encouraging uh, data. But right now, I still think this is a, is a market, as mentioned before, somewhat like corn, where 
whereas, it, you know, the bogus leaning too hard one way where it can make a move when, when we least expect it. So I wouldn't be necessarily all that bearish of hogs here at the current moment. Well, real quick before we head uh, finish up, where are we going moving forward? Is there some keys that we need to look at in the market? Yeah, I think that you look at the December corn, you look at the Sunday night's gap that was uh, was, was created at, at uh, 343 and three quarters. I think that's an area where producers will want to target that. You know, take a look at November beans, track that 200-day upwards of that 910. I think these are all levels where producers, if you're undersold, one need to be getting some protection at those levels. All right, sounds good, Darren. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? They can reach me directly at 402-366-0423, and they can find me on all social media platforms. All right, and don't forget you can catch him tomorrow morning as well on Trading Bits and Bytes. It has been the Fontenelle Final Bell. Commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe for your free podcast and on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.